on the shoulders of dwarves, a weekly podcast about role-playing games. Hello and welcome to On the Shoulders of Dwarves, a weekly podcast about role-playing games and the gamers who gained them. My name is Eran Aviram. And I am Uri Lifshitz. Hello! And today, well, Uri, how about you give us a recap about last week's episode? Well, last week's episode no, was... No, don't, don't really. No. Ah, I want to say, what's a recap? <laughs> ah, nice. So today we are talking about a recap, which is a short, very basic, very well-known, very well-used ritual. The start of every role-playing session, every campaign role-playing session... Uh, throughout the world, ever since the beginning of the uh, 1970s, something like that. And it seems at first glance, like, you know, what's, what is there to, to talk about? It's just... Yeah, recap is a recap. You just sit around, you say, well, where, where did we finish up last time? We, the dragon was just about to eat you, and I had my dagger out, right? Uh, something like that. Let, let's go. But it's a lot more than that, and we want Indeed. to uh, dissect it into not exactly parts, but let's say aspects, what you can do with a recap and why. So let's begin by describing a general recap. It is, in a way, the ritual announcing that the game has begun. Every session is, first and foremost, a gathering of friends. It's a social event. And every session, as all of you guys probably know, even if you've played only once, you always start the game by just talking with each other about something. It's a social gathering. You just discuss, I don't know, the flash from last week that you've all seen because it's a great show. Or maybe you're talking about, um, I don't know, something that happened at work because some of you work together. Or maybe you just order some food. Hmm. Actually, we have a, a different gaming ritual. Someone bring up a current TV show, mm. usually a sci-fi or fantasy show, and then everyone looks at me, and I say, sorry, I haven't seen it. <laughs> and then everyone laughs at me, and then we move on. Because they can't talk about anything, because spoilers. <laughs> now, the recap marks the stage in which we're transitioning. We're entering the game. We get into character, we remind ourselves of the atmosphere, we are remembering the story, we separate everything that happened so far in our meeting from the game itself, which is now beginning. Once we did a recap, the game has begun. This is an important thing. It's a ritual of a sort, sometimes even actually used as a ritual. I, wa I want to bring a short example taken from, I don't know which number episode, it was years ago, of Fear the Boots, probably the most well-known RPG podcast in the world, I think. If you don't know it, then go ahead and check it. We'll, of course, have links in the show notes. And one of the guys there has this ritual. When he wants, as the GM, the game to begin, he takes a skull. He has a skull, not someone specific. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a dummy skull. A prop, let us assume. Probably. And places it on the table. And the moment he does that, it's everyone, everyone just shut up. Everyone sit down. Everyone get into the mood. He, he has announced the beginning of the game. He didn't say anything. He doesn't actually go, okay, guys, guys, come on, let's begin. Putting the skull on the table as powerful, I think more powerful 
than saying, let's start the game. And then, then they start the recap. Let's talk a bit about the importance of rituals then. Uh, indeed, because rituals are important. It allows for a smooth transition. It gives us boundaries and separate one thing from another. Uh, if, you, if any one of our listeners has ever been in a martial art dojo, for those who practice, there's always an opening ritual, usually in the start of every practice and in the start and end of every battle. Mm. This Now, make no mistake, these rituals are there for a reason. They allow us to decide to be something else for a limited time. I am no longer a friend helping you to master a new art form. Now I'm an opponent. And then at the end, it allows me to tell myself, okay, calm me down. We are no longer in fight mode. This is a very, very strong mechanism that we can use in our gaming session. Once we have an opening ritual, be it a recap, be it something before or after the recap, it's something which allows us to say, hopefully without words, like you mentioned in the skull, now we start the game. I had a campaign well, many, many years ago. It, it was called uh, Pentartum's Lament. Uh, and the whole point of the campaign was to discover what Pentartum is and <laughs> why we are lamenting it. <laughs> and we began every session by me quoting the same verse, a verse from a poem. Uh, it was, uh, the world is a story that began as a game and will end in a mistake. And the song the world sings is Pentartum's lament. And once I've finished quoting that verse, we immediately started playing let us continue then to the well the most obvious use of a recap to remind us where we were now in real life time passes between sessions but maybe your character just had its blade on the throat of its father's killer and about to finally avenge his death but the next second for that character would be the next month for a player or next week or the next two weeks because time passes we all need this, the GM as well, I, I can say as a GM. We all need this to remind ourselves of what just happened. And often people will ask questions during or at the end of the recap. Wait, wait, um, wasn't I behind him when that happened? And then, ah, yes, yes, he was behind him. Oh, oh, yeah, blah, blah. Because, you know, sometimes just things flicker back to memory and we all tell them to each other and remind ourselves. And I think it's, all of our responsibility, it's not the GM's responsibility. It's the responsibility of everyone at the table to make sure that we are all on the same wavelength, that we are all refocusing ourselves on the background that we all agreed that the story is based on, our canon. If no one asks a question, maybe ask one yourself, just to make sure that we didn't miss anything. Like, okay, we, we turned to the left at that junction, and then, and then the dragon, dragon, dragon. <laughs> but wait, didn't we also check what was on the right? I don't remember us checking something on the right, but maybe someone else at the table remember it. Maybe someone else will say, ah, yes, yes, of course, there was, there was the noises that came from the right. And then everyone, including the GM, go, ah, right, yeah, the noises. And that, that happens sometimes. Now, we're going to talk about this later on, but just as a little foreshadowing, <laughs> the fact that someone recap and someone ask a question is a very powerful tool yes. for the GM. Yes. 
Because if someone asks a question, it means, oh, I remember that. That's interesting. Yes. It's like saying that's interesting to me. <laughs> yep. And that's a big, big tool for a GM. Oh, they find this interesting now. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, let me just add a few trolls to the dungeon on <laughs> that intersection. Now, of course, both the GM or the players can do a recap. And there is a thing that the GM can do. It, it doesn't have to be the GM, but I think most of the time it's the GM that does it, which is using the recap as a tool for establishing the atmosphere. By using a certain tone of voice, by emphasizing specific things as you speak out loud, by styling your words, your sentences in a specific way, you can create an atmosphere. It doesn't have to be the same atmosphere as before, but usually this is what you are aiming for as a GM. If we were entering a haunted castle and then, then we ended the session, and you worked pretty hard during the session to create an atmosphere of Ooh, haunted castle, you might want now to use the recap <laughs> as a tool to help you reestablish that atmosphere by, for example, speaking like this. And talking about the gargoyles looming from above that you've noticed as you approached. The gargoyles that they rolled perception to notice and now they're thinking about maybe um, using them to climb up on the side of the wall instead of entering or whatever. It's, it's still a recap. You are still delivering information about things that happened before. But by saying, the gargoyles seem to mock your meager attempts. You're not just telling information. You're also giving a sort of like cinematic feel to the whole thing. There's also a very simple trick. I suggest everyone should notice it in their next recap. When recapping, some people look back and some people look forward, which is a very powerful difference in establishing an atmosphere. For example, if the hero are standing outside the dungeon... It can be, okay, in the last uh, session, we were in town, we asked people around, we discovered there's a dragon in the dungeon, uh, we walked for three days, we had a random encounter with an old hermit, and now we stand at the opening of the dungeon. Mm. And you can tell exactly the same story looking forward from the moment of recap. We stand at the entrance to the dungeon, that same dungeon in which you have heard in the previous city that a dragon lurks inside. The words of the hermit that we met on the way still echo as we face this challenge from which no man has returned. Exactly. This is, this is excellent. an excellent point. The way that you frame it, the, the style in which you speak might help you remind everyone of the tension level that they felt by the end of the last session and help them bring themselves back to the same level of tension. You might even want to reuse the same words, maybe even retell the same last things that you did last time because in their minds, the player will just fill in the atmospheric feel that you're hoping for. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to do an episode sometime in the future about Establishing atmosphere, using tactile expression, mm. how to make the player feel more or less comfortable with what's happening write it down. in order to create write, the tension. Write it down. Write it, write it in, the, in the list of I'll, ideas. I'll write it down yes. in the topic list. Oh, Excellent. too many topics. <laughs> let's continue. Uh, we've just discussed the GM mostly doing the recap, but let, let's talk about having a player responsible for recap. 
one of the most classic examples that both you and me, Uri, uh, uh, experienced together was with a player called Yoav, who was yep. so energetic, so his, his style was so exciting. It was, it was catchy. But, but just by letting him tell us what happened last time, we all got hyped into this mm-hmm. session. This works very well with a sort of adventure, high adventure, high fantasy sort of style that we played in that campaign. Uh, and I would highly recommend it. Find the player who is good at a specific thing and let them do it. As a different, completely different example, Dasi, my wife, was the one in charge of keeping track of notes in a very different campaign. One that was in the Warhammer world, all about grim and perilous and investigation into chaos and stuff. And she kept loads of notes. So she did a previously on at the start of every session, giving all the main headlines that she written down in order from last time. And it felt like, you know, detectives sitting around and recapping what happened last time on the investigation to make sure that we are all on the same page. It was a very different feel. It made the players look at the game very differently than if, well, Yoav was there telling us how awesome everything was. You know, it's it's interesting because in my previous campaign where I was a player, I played a bard. I played Bester Everskill from the Everskills Magnum of Magnum. Skills. Yes, I know. Yeah, I heard of yep. mm-hmm. They're famous. Mm-hmm. And I always did the recap because I was the bard in play and off play. And in my current campaign... I am um, a large, stupid fighter, so I no longer do the recap. That is interesting. Which is, yeah, it's interesting. Well, it helped you get into a character. Just just doing the recap helped yep. you get into character. Yeah, that's mm. kind of awesome. Generally speaking, I think giving players responsibilities around the table. Uh, one can be doing recap, but another, for example, can be keeping track of initiative. Encourages them to feel necessary to the continued existence of the game. And that encourages them to feel invested in the game. So I think I, I always delegate, if I can, something mm-hmm. to any play, every player so that everyone has something that they need to do. This was very difficult for me as, as a game master. Oh, yes, at first, uh, to me as well. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first time I, I encountered a different GM who pass on the responsibility for tracking initiative to a player and and i remember i was looking and it was like what are you doing what is this madness no you're the gm you should track initiative and and hit points and and oh what 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 is this mad upside down world in which we are and now i i can't live without it we we even in our old campaign me and you the purple orange we had a player in charge of recap players were in charge of initiative on occasion, uh, uh, we had another player in charge of ordering the food. The pizza, yes. The pizza, yeah, it, yes. It was a and fifth, yeah. It was a fifth, uh-huh, yes. Uh-huh. Best pizza order <laughs> I've met. Let us continue. So we've just talked about giving a specific player the responsibility for recap. Let's discuss the other way around, switching the recap responsibility between players so that every player does it on their own turn, for example. Mm-hmm. This is this is really useful. This is useful when you have uh, low energy players in your group because when it's your turn, you are required to do the recap. It forces you to, to participate. I, I don't actually think I would recommend this because I think I would just 
from the start give the low energy player the responsibility to recap every time because it helps them get into the mood uh, unless of course they find it annoying and then we'll find something else to give them but but you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't use this trick to force them into having fun <laughs> that's right like that indeed and like we said it's a very powerful tool for a GM you wanna expand on that run yeah I think it's the it's the actual important the most important use of a recap for, of, of everything that we've just discussed because when the players talk about the recap whenever a player and I recommend switching it around just to make sure that you get to see all of them talk about it when they talk about what happened they emphasize the What they remember by just you know talk, talking about it remember. they don't remember what they don't remember and therefore they you know as the GM what they perceive as important because if a player doesn't mention rescuing the princess which was for you a big deal last adventure but to them apparently it's not important it just happened after they defeated the dragon they talk about yeah wow wow you remember how we defeated the dragon and then you Uh, we got the treasure and we went back home and no one mentions the princess which was supposed to be the main motivation you as the GM now know that you failed in making that the princess the poor poor princess the big deal that she was supposed to be you were trying to deliver something it didn't work it is excellent opportunity also to learn what the party likes and what's fun fun for them if they discuss defeating the dragon by jumping from above and I don't know gushing out of the lava they for some reason are immune to lava and there was a lot of lava in the drug I don't know that's that's just how it is or that just that's just how it is if well, they, lava being what it is if they discuss all of it and they keep returning to that and not at all for example talk about the treasure then it's quite obvious that they aren't actually interested in treasure or maybe that treasure that you gave them but they find dynamic combat environments like the one we talked about a few episodes ago Uri, boo, boo, boo. very interesting and and the kind of fun that they are into and when you give another player direct responsibility next time and he will discuss I don't know for example how awesome was the magic item he got then apparently he was feeling he was missing a magic item he was feeling maybe less powerful or something and that was a big deal to him and he, and he talks about it all the time and you now know again something that you might not have realized before and the, I think it is so important because the recap is one of the only times in the game and out of it when everyone is saying out loud very obviously that what they liked and didn't like about the previous yep, session without noticing it because a lot of time when you when you do a discussion and say okay guys what did you like what did you enjoy more oh, people yeah. will not be as blunt and, probably and at the end of the session you don't have I don't know you don't have the energy to even discuss I mean you, I just want to go home okay the session ended I don't want to discuss the game maybe I want to discuss the game a bit here and there but I don't want to now talk about what I liked or didn't like it to take ages and let me just please please Go home and enjoy <laughs> enjoy the fun that the fun memories that I remember the recap is exactly the other way around we are all hyped into the game and this is an excellent time to to let everyone emerge and it's important because the reactions are also very honest yep 
because they don't know that they're giving criticism at the moment. Exactly. When you as a GM say, wait, um, guys, you also released the princess. And then you see all of their faces going, Ugh, the princess. You immediately know that not only don't they... They don't. Only they, <laughs> not only don't they find the princess interesting, they are even annoyed by her. I mean, all, you can see them rolling their eyes. It's, it's the first and honest reaction that they all give. And it's so powerful, such a powerful tool. Now, I have a question for you. Do you prefer your recaps in play or off play? Uh, it's an amazing question. I don't know. Well, that, that was short. Let's move on to the next project. But <laughs> it's, I'm it's just a, it's saying... It's an important difference. I, I agree. It's an important difference. Yeah. And, and I'm just saying every one of those has advantages and disadvantages. I'm just putting the question out there that maybe you haven't thought about doing recaps in play. If you are giving recap, by the way, and even if you're doing it off play, you should be theatrical anyway. Play, I mean, move your hands, talk in tone, tell a story. Uh, I'll give a link to the storytelling article that I wrote for the Apt for Players uh, website a few uh, weeks back. It's it's really good. <laughs> really. I really like it. I worked a lot on it. And I also have a follow-up article. I'll give a link in the show notes. Because being theatrical, is, first, it's its own reward. And second, just mm-hmm. delivering information, as we discussed before, is simply not enough. And as a player, you can and should... Do it as well. Do, do the things. Do the movement. Do the tone. Do anything that feels good. Nice. Play with it. This is a game. <laughs> good, uh, good, good point. So, Recap is also a GM tool. Not like what we just discussed before, but as a tool to create things, not just as a tool to receive information. Because as a GM, when you are telling the recap, you can emphasize specific things, thus drawing attention to them and bringing them to the front, to the forefront of your player's mind. Players tend to forget the smaller picture and also the bigger picture. Uh, if, for example, one of the players was poisoned last session, but then there was <laughs> large battles for some, I don't know, they attacked the city or something they might forget about the poisoning completely. Everyone, not just the player, because it wasn't the main thing of the session. It might have felt like that at the moment, but then a huge thing happened and then never mind. They also might forget about the bigger picture, like we are trying to destroy the lich. Yeah, but we attacked a large city and it had nothing to do directly with the lich. The the long-term goal is quite long-term indeed. And... well. You know, yeah, well, you know why people do what they do. Mm. Everything we do, we do for the same single reason. XP. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And yep, sometimes something <laughs> seems like a good idea. And then you forget why. <laughs> As the GM, then, you can remind them of their motivations by emphasizing the fact that they were bandits last time, even though everyone forgets. You you can say it like, yeah, and on the road there were some bandits, and then you continue, no, no, no. Or you can say it something like, on the road you encountered the red hand bandits. You know, remember, they came from, yeah, exactly, from across the road, from the castle, where apparently they have some sort of, uh, I don't know, a hideout. And then you continue down, and no, 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 no. And you're just saying things that they knew and they didn't seem to care about. But by you emphasizing them, you give them the idea that it's important 
even without saying, guys, it's really important that you remember the, these bandits. You just mentioned them, and then everyone remembered them. And you mentioned more details, thus making them more important. Both me and Iran are big believers in subtle motivation for action. Yes. And just by the fact that there's something, a ritual, something that is ongoing and happens every time and no one pays a lot of attention to it by itself, gives you a great opportunity to slip in a lot of subtle clues to influence your player for yes. a better gaming experience. Exactly. Which, again, reminds us that being a good GM, um, I, I don't really like the word GM, but we'll go with it. Being a good GM uh, starts before the game begins. And yep. in, in a many ways, it never ends. Let's continue then to the special type of session. Yeah, because if recap is so awesome, why do we need anything besides <laughs> recap in a gaming session? That's what I'm asking. Now, I had a, a campaign years ago, and the campaign was drawing to its end, and I wanted to give my players and their character a chance to look back mm. and, you know... Reminisce. Reminisce. Think about everything that passed before the big ending. And th this is common to a lot of artworks uh, of various... Uh, I'm going to take just the randomest example of um, The Last Airbender. Ooh. Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. Oh, and good point. Toward, toward the end of the third and last season of Avatar The Last Airbender, the characters come upon a trope of players who are exhibiting the story of the characters. So they're just watching a play in which they see what they did uh, throughout the whole season. The whole show, actually, the, the two and a half season before. So what I did, I simply had a special session where the character, throughout the whole session, just sat at a tavern telling their deed to an NPC. Now, I, I of course, created a whole structure around that and uh, gave them a logical reason why they should tell everything to this specific NPC, etc. But the point was that the whole session was the players sitting around, drinking, and telling in play their great and glorious history mm. throughout the whole session. And it was fun. It was fun because it gave a sense of purpose, looking back and seeing everything that happened in the light of the bigger picture, like we said before. And after that session, the, the fact that they could march on in full confidence, knowing where they are and why they're here and where they're going, I think it made a big difference to make the ending of the campaign a lot more exciting. And memorable. And memorable. Yes, definitely. because you, in a way, made them uh, reignite these old memories toward the end, and now these memories are sitting next to the end. So when they remember the end, they remember these memories as well. Let's discuss, finally, one thing that I think is perhaps, uh, well, everything that we've talked about so far is very simple to do, but this one last thing is quite complicated and takes a lot of time and effort, but it's totally worth it. It's creating opening credits to your campaign. 
This is not an original idea by me. I tried to find the place where I originally read about it. It was in 2007, and the website is currently, I, I don't know, it leads to something that Google... <laughs> Google says I can't continue because it's unsafe. So apparently not the same RPG advice website it once was. The idea behind opening credits is to literally create opening credits as if your campaign was a show using PowerPoint or Google As if uh, your slides. campaign was a TV show. TV show, yes, yes. Uh, or Netflix show. It was a show on the... <laughs> on a screen it's like only 30 seconds and using simple animations with slides and powerpoint allow you to make it look kind of awesome first and foremost it gives the feeling to the players that the campaign is an institution it's something bigger than just a few people sitting in a room and meeting every week or two look it has a name the campaign has a name with big letters and music in the background look we are the heroes. Here is your character with music and animation. And she slides to the right. And then your character comes up and with their own music and animation. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's really easy to make. Um, I did mine with PowerPoint. It takes an hour for the first session and then just 20 seconds to change the number of the session and the title. Ah, that's title. It. Title. You're saying, now, now you're saying something amazing because titles are really good. Giving a name to your session is useful as a sort of foreshadowing. Like, for example, if we are going on a journey and the title is A Journey Cut Short, then all of the yep. players are looking forward to that moment where something is going to happen in the journey. It creates bum, tension. Bum, bum. I actually don't give a title. I end the opening credit every time with a quote. Okay. And my current campaign, it's called Unrelated Incidents. It's in, it's in the Dresden File universe. Uh, it's an urban fantasy uh, setting in which the players are exploring mythical and mystical things. And it's like a TV show in the sense that it's separated to season and each season mm. is separated into episodes. And I try to have an overarching well, theme for all the quotes in a season, and then all the episode quotes are tied together. For example, now I have a stretch of Shakespeare's quote, and the next session, spoiler alert if any of my players are listening, is, uh, you know, Misery acquaints a man with strange bedfellow. That's uh, Shakespeare's from The Tempest, I think. And it's continuing overarching storyline of Shakespeare quote because this season is very fairy classic and oh okay well not fairy yet the previous season was very fair we were in the summer court in the winter court ah, okay, everyone had okay. a great time fun <laughs> fun all around now the second thing you can do and should change between sessions is a guest styles uh, for example, if we're going to see an NPC, a cool NPC that might be following the, the players around, maybe, uh, not the players, actually, the player characters, <laughs> following them, or maybe someone is following the players around. I don't, I don't, I don't know. You probably shouldn't put their picture in the opening credits. I'm just saying. But maybe there's an NPC following the um, player characters around, or maybe they're about to meet someone important, and you can place a picture of them or something which is close enough, and their name as a guest star. And it's kind of awesome because 
usually guest stars arrive at the end of the credits, and so the players have something to look forward to, the name of the episode, the guest star, at the end of the credits that they might have seen like 20 times so far. And another thing that is quite important here is what you just said, Huri, about having different seasons, uh, changing the animation to correspond to big changes in the campaign. So the players feel, wow, look, we did think, and then things happen. It now looks different. I did it. And that's not an achievement to be taken lightly. Nope. It's a big thing. I can tell you that one of my player had in his open... Now, all of my player chose famous Hollywood actors for as an avatar for their character mm. and simply when we ended one season and went to another and one of the character went from being you know a really low life poor guy to a more famous magician and i simply look for an image of that hollywood actor mm. you know in a trench coat looking really cool uh, against a lamborghini kind of vehicle and I changed the picture in the opening credit for the new season, and, and everyone was like, oh, my God, you can see your character evolving and changing. Yes, it's awesome. It is awesome. The first time you as a player see the opening credits, you realize that the GM is investing in you, and that makes you more likely to want to invest in the game as well. So GMs, if you create opening credits, don't be shy. Show them. And don't be shy to change them later because it reinforces the same feeling in the players. Look, things have changed. My GM has worked on this. She has created new things. She has changed some slides in different slides. And the names are awesome. And oh, a new picture. She's investing me still. I would invest in her back. Hmm... That's it. I think we said everything there is to say ever in the history of the world about recaps. Let's yes. summarize. Let's summarize. Well, for summary, I think what, what's most important for me is to hear from you, our listeners. How do you recap? Hmm. Do you have any opening rituals to your gaming session? It's now, please tell us in the comments below here on Podient. Or you can drop us an email on show at dwarfcast.net. And you can also, if you want to, um, email us at Iran or Uri at dwarfcast.net. Or you can, of course, follow us at Dwarf Podcast at Twitter or in Facebook. It, it, there are good places to contact us. Um, there, there's actually quite a lot of discussion in our comments on Facebook, which is awesome. But also, you should know, we are delivering information into your minds through, through uh, mm. our socials. Whenever we find something that we think is interesting or worthy or something that you probably should know about relating in RPGs, and I'm not just talking about new Kickstarters, although we, we might do them here and there when we think that it's something really important. I'm also talking about um, important ideas that we've noticed or really, really good sales that we've noticed somewhere and we think we should know about. Uh, I think it, it's reason enough to follow us. Um, of course, if you just want to know when a new episode is up, although th the answer is Monday. That's it. It's <laughs> Monday. <laughs> That's it. How about we, before end this, take the load off. <laughs>
this is the part of the show in which um, each of us speak a bit about role-playing events from their own lives. Uri, what about you? Now, I don't want to get too, you know, hyper-excited, but last Saturday I played Starfinder for the first time, and it is awesome. It is awesome, and it is awesome, and Starfinder... The role-playing game by Paizo is awesome. Also, it is awesome. <laughs> uh, you, we might want to just do a bonus episode in which you discuss it further. Because, yep, I mean, definitely. It's, it's, you have so much things to say about it, we should just probably do a different episode altogether. Yep, but I'm going to summarize that by saying that Starfinder is awesome. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say because my other weekly game was cancelled. Oh, Yep, uh, players being sick, that's what life is. But I played Starfinder, and it was, <laughs> it was awesome. awesome. Nice, yes. Uh, my weekly game, Mouse Guard, didn't happen last week and won't happen next week as well, so nothing. Uh, but it won't happen because of Dragon Meat. Uh, again, it's this huge, big accent convention in the middle, smack in the middle of London. And if you're going, come, come, come and... Say hello, uh, Avivor and I will be in our booth for up to four players. It's the first time we're doing something like that. And we'll have some RPG-related things. Uh, we'll have... All of our things are RPG-related, One now that I think about it. We are, we are RPG... We, are, we like RPGs. That's, that's what we do. Uh, including our ready-to-roll comics explaining rules for Edge of the Empire and Fate. Both of them were very well accepted by both the companies behind them and the, the audience at large. And by the way, Uri, these are still the two things that create most inbound links to our website. Really? Yes. It's not, it, it's not surprising. I mean, whenever someone asks about, wait, how to play Age of the Empire or wait, how to play Fate, there would probably be someone around that gives a link to these comics. Cool. Yes, yes. That's it. I don't think we have anything else to say. How about we finish this then with a battle cry, a ritual, one would say. Indeed. <laughs> Later on! Later on! On the shoulder of dwarves is shared under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial form. The intro and outro are taken from Silly Fun by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3. Find us at dwarfcast.net and follow us on Twitter or Facebook.